This is the S Ra podcast. This is an MMA edition. We're gonna be talking about UFC London. UFC Fight Night in London, I guess. And that's uh main event Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. And this is gonna be Tom Aspinall's, you know, first big step up into the you know the um I don't know if Volkanov is ranked, but it's a top ten, you know, heavyweight. He should be. He should be ranked. Uh top ten heavyweight. And uh, to see, you know, it's it funny because after his last one, he's kind of like, I don't want to rush. I want to take my time and everything. And I don't uh, necessarily think that, like, Volkanov's like, you know, the giant rush to the top. But it's a very credible opponent, right? Maybe a lot more credible than the statements than I would expect him to have at this point. Also, in this card, we have Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker, which is a very good fight. Uh, Dan Hooker's been on a little bit of a slide lately, so he's dropping down in weight to 145 and seeing uh, what success he can have down there. You also have Patty Pimblett, who's, you know, uh, has a, some definite star quality. Now, it just does he have, like, the the fighting to back it up? Does he have the skill to back it up in the cage? We're going to find that versus uh, Kazula Vargas. Also, Gunnar Nelson on the card. So, it's it's a good card. It's a, it's a um, very entertaining card card i think and some interesting matchups so let's start off with the main event we got alexander volkov versus tom aspinall and now tom aspinall who has some of the best hands in uh in mma in the ufc and is a rising star in the heavyweight division and in a division where not a lot of rising stars come you know what i mean like it's you you could the the best the guys that are at the top there's like a wide gap between like the 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 other the other group right there's the guys that could compete for the title so I would say uh, you got of course Ngano who's the champ but then you have Gon who I believe is you know number two um, and then you go to like Stipe who I believe is kind of you know past his prime I don't think he's in it anymore tied to Avasa like I don't think he's nowhere near the skill level of the first two so I just think there's a wide gap. After you get to the first two guys. And Nagano already proved that he's, you know, superior to Gon. I think Gon, you know, could get maybe a little more experience. Uh, maybe make that more interesting going for in the future. But as far as right now, Gon's clearly number one. I mean, I'm sorry. Nagano's clearly number one. Gon's number two. And then everybody else. I think Tom Aspinall can enter that conversation. Now, he does have some, like, glaring things that I've seen that, like, kind of worry me. And in a fight like against Volkov, they could really stand out, right? Because... Uh, Aspinall still, even though being so comfortable with his hands, defensively still makes like mistakes that you would hope someone wouldn't make that is that comfortable with his hands as far as like pulling straight back, getting stuck, pulling straight back and head up, right? His chin's up. And sometimes he strikes, he just like completely forgets where his head's at or defense to be defensively aware. Now, he, he's uh, good legs, right? He's pretty fast, fast hands, real good pop. Good size on him. He's 6'5", 247 pounds, so he's not like an undersized heavyweight uh, in any in any way. But he's facing a, a really big heavyweight, right? In the 6'7", 263, 80-inch reach Volkov, who, you know, has uh, ran through the likes of Alistair Overeem. Just beat Ty, uh, Tybura. One decision was gone. Uh, stopped Walt Harris. Beat uh, Greg Hardy. Verdum, Stefan Struve, Roy Nelson, you know, he has these names, has this experience in the UFC. He's been fighting the UFC since 2016. And Aspinall, who's basically won to like the first, second round of all his stops and fights in the UFC, 
you know, it's going to be curious, like, if he gets, like, in a competitive stand-up fight with Volkov. Because Volkov's going to want to stand up, right? He's going to want to trust his hands. Aspinall's going to want to stand up. He's going to want to trust his hands. I do think that there's going to be a portion of this fight that maybe Aspinall will test the ground, right? Because I think he's, um, I think he has more experience on the ground, you know, than at least what we've seen in the cage. He did tap out, um, he did tap out, I can't think of his name right now. Um... Wait one second. Let's look at this. He did tap out or Orlowski. I don't know how I forgot Orlowski's name, but he tapped out Orlowski. Got to take down. Got a rear naked choke on that. Uh, that's funny because that fight went past the first round, and he already was like kind of looking for something else other than just like the the stand up, which he was pretty much dominating that uh, dominating in that fight, the stand up. But he one started looking for a takedown as soon as the second round started. And I'm curious if Volkov, right, and you got a fight where, you know, Volkov isn't, like, way bigger than Tom Aspinall as far as height and reach, but, you know, is long, and I think Aspinall really hasn't really faced this kind of length since he's been in the UFC. It might uh, might be hit a point where he's just kind of like a staring contest, and Volkov doesn't mind that kind of fight where he could just pick one shot at a time because Volkov's not going to wow you with speed or foot speed, or, you know, like, uh, explosiveness, that's not his game, right, he likes to pick one shot at a time, and be able to land at the right distance, and also, maybe get stuck in that type of fight, and it would be interesting, if it goes past the first, second, going to the third, fourth, does he start looking for a takedown, right, does he start looking to switch it up, um, because he feels like the stand-up portion is maybe just a little too even for his comfort, also, if, you know, Tom Aspinall wins this fight, like, how, quick it could get him into the, the title picture like if you look at Taito Avasa who his star power was probably um a lot more powerful than the UFC even imagined anyone really imagined how far like it how that star power just kind of raised him all the way to the top and they're talking about him versus Stipe now um and it wouldn't be surprised if that might be interim since Nagano's hurt and good chance he might not come back to UFC but they might interim that the Stipe versus uh Taito Avasa Tom Espinel with the win here is, is going to start entering in talks in the title picture. And that just speaks to the division and just speaks to what people think of Tom Espinel as well. So how do I see this fight? Uh, how do I see this fight breaking down? I think Tom Espinel is going to run into a little bit of trouble in the beginning of this fight. I think that the the length, the reach, and the power of Okanagan might, might get him a little bit of a staring contest. And I think that it's really going to test his patience, right? If he's going to be able to kind of figure out how to win this fight, maybe, uh, you know, figuring out how ways to score without putting himself in danger. I think the Thomas Aspinall has had a lot of success putting himself in danger, and I think he's going to have to learn that putting himself in danger isn't the, always the best technique and maybe not at this level. So I do expect him to kind of get stagnant and then look to kind of explode later as the fight goes on as far, maybe like even just as far, even as quick as like the end of the first round. I see. I can see him trying to explode, getting eager, a little too eager in this fight, and I can see him getting paid, uh, being punished for that by Volkov, who his experience is comfortable, his timing is, uh, especially when a guy's like coming straight at him, he's he's very comfortable in that type of fight. I do think that over time, Aspinall is going to learn a lot in this fight. This is the perfect fight for him to learn like that, and I think that his speed, his leg movement, his uh, leg kicks. I think that he will eventually start outstriking Volkov and just work rate and the way he's going to be able to get in and out and the speed. 
I think Volkov's to where one shot will be like three shots of Tom Aspinall. I do think later in the fight he will start looking to maybe takedowns, maybe not be able to get them, but I do think he's going to look to ch- change a few of the dynamics of this fight and get Alexander Volkov to start thinking other things, not just uh, you know being able to time when he's when Aspinall's going to come in. I think this is going to show a little bit more uh, elements of Aspinall's game. It's going to show that he can go the five rounds, which will be you know the most rounds he's gone in uh, the UFC to see how many, you know, yeah, he's never been a decision. He's never been past the second round. So it's going to see his cardio, right? And I think this cardio is going to be fine. I've never seen him where he even look kind of like tired, even though I know the fight's in it early. But sometimes you see a guy and he explodes. I've seen him explode to get a stop. You know, and then they're huffing and puffing after the explosion. He kind of always looks like he's bouncing on his legs. He looks, his speed don't look like it diminishes really ever. So I think we're going to see that portion of this fight too. I think he, I'm going to take Aspinall to win a decision in this fight. I think that maybe you would think, you know, like, a, oh, and you, need, you know, first this time main advancing, get the knockout in uh, London would be important, right? In his, whole, in his home country. But I think that this is going to show that he can compete with, the top dogs, especially if he doesn't get a first round knockout, he's able to go rounds and still stay as sharp and as dangerous as um as he's always been as as as, uh, as he is in the first right is what what we see in him now with uh, Volkov because we have not seen any really anyone take Tom Aspinall down yet in the UFC and you know we don't really know what that looks like though there's uh you know he. They're saying that he's pretty comfortable with jiu-jitsu, right? He's been training for a long time, but we still haven't seen that. So we can't really say how that looked. I don't think I worry about that Volkov because it's never really been his game. And this is a guy that won, you know, a full decision with uh, Greg Hardy and never looked to take him down. And we know how weak Greg Hardy is in the grappling aspect of it. So I don't expect to see that in this fight. I think this is a very interesting matchup. I really like this matchup. I think that as far as styles make, this could actually turn into a very good fight. It might be a fight where, like, both guys get hurt, um... And it's, it, you know, kind of turns into like, you know, who can withstand the big shots? It might be that type of fight. I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into that. I'm going to take a small decision. I think that we're going to see a lot of different things in his game and the how really athletic he really is in the heavyweight division. I think he's going to be very interesting going forward, especially with Gon there. You know, I hope they get keep Nagano. I hope they pay Nagano with at least close to what he's asking for. You know, just a, at least, you know, what he's kind of worth but i don't think you get fully what you're worth in the ufc but you know i hope they take care of him because i, I want to see nagano fight at the highest level and right now the ufc is the highest level so i'd like to see him with gone uh if steve pick of work his way back taijo boss is interesting i think like i said these levels below but with tom aspinall coming in there's some good matchups there some interesting matchups let's go to the co-main event we have Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. And Dan Hooker, like I said, is, you know, he tried to get to the title picture in the lightweight division. It wasn't going to happen. The last fight against Makachev, he, you know, really just got ran through. So now he's at the point of his career. He's just trying to figure out if he can find success somewhere, right? Maybe it's a size, maybe it's something like that. So now he's going down to 145 again. Um, against Arnold Allen, who, you know, surprisingly been in the UFC for a long time. He's only fought twice, more than once, uh, only fought more than once in a year, once. So he fought twice in two in 2019. That's the most he's ever fought in a year. So he's been around forever in the UFC. And you would think like of the runs that have happened 
during the portions he was there, right? Guys have had whole careers by the by the time you know the for the spot that Arnold Allen was in the UFC. But this seems like he's like uh, you know he's he's only twenty eight years old, so this is like the prospect turning to to a contender in a way versus Dan Hooker. And it, you know every time you're of a prospect, you you need a name, even if that name isn't what he once was. You still need it, right? That's like the thing that gets you to the next level, um, and that's what we have here in this fight. And that's what we saw with um, Sung Young Dong when he fought. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Marlon Marais, right? It was like Marlon Marais is nowhere near his prime or when he was at his best. But he's a name. He's a, he's a relevant name. Dan Hooker's a relevant name. So that's what kind of this fight is. But Dan Hooker, we haven't seen him in 145 in a while. He could still be dangerous. He's, Dan Hooker's like, as far as speed and his striking techniques and ability, he still has it. That really hasn't fallen off. It's just the, you know, the mistakes he makes going backwards, um, questionable grappling. But I really think it's an interesting matchup for him and uh, Arnold Allen and solo odds makers because Allen's only a minus 120 favorite. And I, I see that when I break it down, like this is a hard one to break down because I think Arnold Allen is a superior fighter to Dan Hooker because he could do more things. I think he's more defensively aware, which is like a huge thing. You can't just be like, I just don't care about defense because that's what Dan Hooker's off basically does. He just does not care about defense. He's all offense all the time. And he's really good coming forward. But when he goes backwards, it's it's like almost like outrageous how easy he is to hit and how he falls apart and stumbles into shots. But Arnold Allen doesn't have like great, great power. I mean, at least it hasn't had the evidence that he's had great, great power in the UFC. So if Dan Hooker's like problem is like he steps back and big shots land on him sometimes and he gets rocked and but he doesn't have that worry about the Arnold Allen, so he kind of just come forward. Now he's probably gonna get hit, but maybe he can walk through those shots and still push his offense because him going forward is a very different fighter. And I don't know if Arnold Allen's gonna Arnold Allen could test his grappling. He is not a bad grappler, but Arnold is seems to me like he's more comfortable in the stand-up portion of the fight. Now, I'm not saying that he's not a good grappler. I, I'm saying he could. He has that ability. He's landed submission. I see it. I've seen him transition very well from striking to grappling. But I don't know if he's going to look to... I wouldn't say he, that I would expect him to look to test that, at least right away. So I think he could have an interesting stand-up fight here. But I just think that in these exchanges, which... Gallagher's going to get some shots shots off. But these exchanges, Arnold Allen will be able to land and be more defensively aware. So it's not like he can hit you and still defend himself to where he's not getting land at least clean to where it's put himself in trouble. Now, if Arnold Allen could get this win in this fight, like what is it going to do with his career? It could really skyrocket him to close to a title picture. Because he's right there. He's, he's in the top five. With a win over Dan Hooker, a co-main event, th- this could really... Finally, bring his name to like in the talks with um, Max Holloway in the talks with you know the the winner or loser of uh, Yair Rodriguez and Ortega, or you know, kind of running out of opponents here for um, uh, Volkanovski could just put him in the title picture. Honestly, now I think that a lot of these guys got screwed because Holloway had to pull out. Holloway still probably is next after the Korean zombie, so still might be a waiting period here, but Arnold Allen's going to be knocking on the door, especially if he gets this win. How do I see this fight playing out? I think that it's going to be two guys because Arnold Allen likes to apply pressure, but it's more of like a 
position pressure right it's not like he's right on you it's just like he's kind of like always keeps he's always keep, kind of keeps in range where you constantly have to you can't really get too comfortable in there dan hooker's gonna come forward and he's gonna look to work right because that's what his style is his style is like i'm here to work I'm getting shots off getting combos i'm always doing something and i think that they're gonna get to the middle of the ring and we're gonna see some action we're gonna see some quick strikes some creative you know combinations because these are two guys that could punch uh, punch and kick and combinations like flow together very good. So I think we're gonna see some interesting offense here. I just think that Arnold Allen, Arnold Allen is gonna land the bigger shots and be able to protect himself from the big shots from Dan Hooker. I think I do expect him to be a little bit more on his bike. I think he expect him to, uh, to walk Dan Hooker into some shots. I think when they get on the inside, Arnold Allen is more better. It is better at adjusting to range changes. So that means when he gets on the inside, he doesn't panic. He stays. Uh, aware he stays in his stance and is can easily step out a foot and still be in perfect uh position to strike i think that he's so well faceted in this game i really like what i'm seeing from Arnold allen especially at this point of his career i'm going to take him to beat dan hooker i think it's going to be a decision win that seemed to be the way Arnold allen's been winning fights lately i'm curious to see if he does try to test dan hooker's ground game but I think even if he's staying to stand up fight here, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it could be competitive, but I expect Arnold Allen to take the decision in this fight. I think Dan Hooker is unfortunately coming to the end of his career. He is a very entertaining fighter, so you will be able to find entertaining fights for him. Um, it could kind of turn into maybe like a Cowboy Cerrone situation where he's like able to win some, lose some, but I just think that at a certain level, Dan Hooker is just not that level of fighter. He's not going to be a top five top three level fighter any weight class no matter what weight class he goes to um just because of the glaring holes in his defense he just ignores defense 100 percent, and that is just not a thing you can do not at the level of fighters that these guys are so i think this is the the name that arn allen uh needs but i do think it's there's going to be competitive moments in this fight for dan hooker i don't think that's gonna you know gotta be cautious to sometimes the styles match up to where you know, a guy that's been struggling, but when he can get what he wants, he's still good. Dan Hooker might be able to get a little bit what he wants just because of the style matchups, but he can't use that to, you know, knock Allen, like, be like, well, look at these guys ran through him or something like that. It just doesn't work like that sometimes. The fight below, before that, we have Patty Pimblett, who has a lot of star power, like I said, but I don't know if the what he could do in the cage is going to be able to uh, see that fully mature to the highest level. Versus Kazula Vargas. And uh, Vargas is definitely, uh, I would say, a, a better opponent for Patty than the last fight where, you know, you had a guy that could defend takedowns, uh, was a was a pretty comfortable striking, because Patty Pimple is not a comfortable striker, right? He will strike, he will stay aggressive, but he, he has a lot of holes in his striking. And anyone, like, at a high level in MMA, the striking will really be a problem for him. Especially if you're not, because it's not like his takedown is like foolproof, right? He's kind of like, he has an aggressive takedown. It's a work, like outwork you takedown where he just kind of like smothers you, right? And he, he's kind of looking to like tire you out to get you to the ground. And he's good on the ground. His grappling's really good. His submission game's really good. But, and he has some pop and like when he gets aggressive and lands shots at the, He's effective, but he's just very sloppy in the stand-up. His defense is horrible. He's not, you can tell he's not comfortable. He's not um, aware of, to, you know, he hasn't been able to make the changes he needs to, 
you know, not having his chin straight up in the air, not being stiff when he punches, um, understanding the range when you punch, understanding when you punch what can come back to you. He just doesn't see any of that. Now, I think Kazula Vargas is aggressive, but I think that there's, he kind of has a lot of similar mistakes that Patty Pimblin has. So I think I could see very fun fight in the standup where it's just two guys kind of going wild with big shots. But I think once this fight hits the ground and if Patty Pimblin wants to take it to the ground, I don't, I think he's levels above uh, Kasula Vargas at that point. So I'm curious to how long this fight stays standing because standing, this could be a very well, even fight where you just see some wild strikes, um, Big shots, every, every shot for looking for a KO. But as soon as Patty Pimlin can get this fight into a grappling matchup, it will favor him in a big way. I'll take Patty Pimlin. I'll take him in a uh, submission victory in this fight. But I'm telling you, if this fight stays standing and there's trading shots, it's going to be like, it's 50-50 to me. It's a coin flip. Kazula can land some big shots. He has uh, some big kicks. He's very wide. Looks durable. And Patty Pimblet has been dropped a few times. He's been hurt a few times and, you know, doesn't put himself in a good position to take shots. I think this is going to be a very interesting fight, but if Patty Pimblet stays to a game plan and gets to a takedown, he can make it an easy night for him. And I think that, uh, I think he needs it, honestly. I don't think that it's a good, it's a good look if he's, uh, you know, rocked by Kasula Vargas. That's what I got this week. Um, I, I need to talk about this card. I'm very, very, very interested in this card. Um, UFC's, to me, back-to-back weeks of just decent free cards. Um, and that's what they do. You know, they can stack a card like this. And I think we're in for some good fights this weekend. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. And, uh, you know, spread the word. Thank you for listening to the Ezra Podcast.